me up some. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. You still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper I've been Chase the greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later. In the conversation, we strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments, and sacrificing temporaries for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No, Deanna speak. That shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. This episode is sponsored by Bees. She is the creator of the Gifitize app and the author of the Financial Starter Kickbook. Bees works in the defense industry as an overseas contractor. After years of studying financial literacy and investing, she is now financially free. The Financial Starter Kit comes with a free money allocation spreadsheet and gives you all the resources that you need to take control of your finances today. You can purchase the book at financialstarterkit.com. If you want to learn more about the defense industry and how to obtain a stable, high-paying career in the States or overseas, you can purchase her Defense Industry Guide at www.defenseindustry.guide. Also, for more information, you can follow her on Twitter at capital underscore SB. Today's episode is also brought to you by Brandon Thomas Insurance Services. Brandon Thomas Insurance Services is an independent insurance broker that is accredited by the BBB with a focus on life and health insurance products. They provide insurance coverage for all family members' needs, whether it be children that need affordable life insurance, adults that want term and permanent life insurance options, or seniors that need Medicare or final expense policies. They offer free consulting and quoting to those states in which their services are provided, which include Texas, Louisiana, Colorado, North Carolina, Nevada, Georgia, California, and Ohio. Make sure y'all go check them out at bthomasinsurance.com or give them a call at 512-549-6123. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. I'm your host, Xavier, and today we got a, uh, another special episode with a special guest. A couple months ago, one of my good friends, Justin, shout out to my bro, Justin. He told me about this guy. He like, yo, I got somebody I think you should have on the podcast. Like, he doing some real, like, he doing a lot of dope shit, like, major. Or, like, major. And I'm like, word? He's he like, I'm like, tap in. He's like, I'm going to let you know. So uh, he recently let me know. And we got him plugged in on the show, y'all. He's from uh, Detroit, Michigan. His name Rafa Wright. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's a real estate investor, a stock investor, and a small business owner. So welcome to the show, bro. Man, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Thank yeah, you. Thank you. Man. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm excited to have you here, man. Just to, just getting right into it, bro, for the people who might not be familiar with you, do you mind just giving a, a background on yourself? Yeah, so um, Detroit, um, entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur here. I'm getting more into the social entrepreneurial realm now. Um, 
you know, everything that I did have always had meaning behind it. But now every every move that I make has some type of social impactful um, agenda behind it, whether it's a small business venture, real estate acquisition, whatever. Um, I've been investing in real estate um, these past three years. Um, I've invested in Wall Street as well um, for about close to a decade. And now I'm into more of the food realm. You know what I'm saying? I want to get into uh, provide healthier food in the hood. So, you know, a lot of our real estate acquisitions or business ventures is being steered towards uh, healthier lifestyles in the inner city. So I got an upcoming grocery store. I got a garden um, that will be coming up too. All the uh, one just, you know, help us become better uh, physically, but then it's going to spring out some community uh, unity as well for us to, you know, take on more land ownership and uh, just kind of take back our community and, and, and build that hyper economy in that village that we so need in our communities. Mm, that's major, man. We got, we got a lot, we got a lot to touch on. So just with the, the grocery store alone, just, I'm going to start there. Well, you got so much stuff going on, but I'm going to start with the grocery store. Like, what was the, like, you kind of just said it a little bit, like, because we, we, we talk about that often, how we need better foods in our community. So for you to get, get your own grocery store and have your own produce and be gardening, that's, like, major, bro. That's, like, so salute to you on that. So, like, what was the 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 the, the start to that? Like, how does someone get into that? Um. I think most of us think that it's easy as far as like, oh yeah, you just find a building, buy some food, sell it. Um, I did. I thought it was just like that. Um, I got into it basically, I want to say around 2016, 2015, I was trying to put together um, some type of incarnation of what I'm doing now with equity crowdfunding. So, you know, a lot of my peers, I, you know, I tapped in with all of them and say, yo, let's put our money together and let's, let's start something. Like, what that something was, I didn't really have an answer. I just wanted us to put our money together and do something. So the original uh, plan was to open up a juice bar. Mm. Um, The group group that I was working with, we was going to put our money together and and fund and finance a juice bar. But the ideas that came out of that group, it just, it wasn't a juice bar. It was something else. I'm like, this don't sound like a juice bar. It sounds somewhat like a grocery store or, you know, something like that. Around the same time, mind you, Nipsey Hustle was building a marathon store. So you had like this this tech driven brick and mortar space that you can kind of do clothes, but you can kind of do something else, but you can kind of do something else. And I'm like, it sounds like we trying to do the same thing, but with food, I'm like, we need to do a grocery store, bro. Like when you really look at it in the hood, we don't got no black owned grocery stores and right. In Detroit, we the blackest city population percentage-wise, and we don't have no black-owned grocery stores. So I'm like, that's a problem. And then you start really diving into the issue of food distribution and who controls your food, controls your community, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm like, no, we need to do that. So 2017, that's when the journey started, and um, we've been pushing ever since. Mm, that's, that's, that's uh major bro so y'all pretty y'all pretty much growing your own produce as well we finna start that see we didn't um let's say we is you know i got a small team of folks that work on that but we didn't understand that element of it until this pandemic you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. like we were still pursuing traditional distribution we get a distributor that will give us all that stuff but 
you know, those that are aware of how the food system works, it got disrupted and really exposed through this pandemic. You know what I'm saying? Grocery stores went empty as far as, you know, they didn't have no food. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The only, the only ones that had food was the big dogs. Because, you know, everything is so centralized. It's about who got the money to cover whatever. It's not about, you know, people actually eating and surviving. It, it became a dollar thing. So um, I already had land personally. I just sold it to the company to say, man, we just going to turn this into a garden. and We can have our own food because if something happened like this again, like a pandemic where government shut down certain elements of the food system, we ain't going to have no food because people in the hood, they just consider, you know what I'm saying, uh, uh, just a dollar amount. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's what happened. And I'm like, no, we need to grow our own food so that we can be ahead of the game. Man, once again, like I said, bro, that's super major. Because like you said, whoever controls the food in the area, they can they control the community. So to, to do your own thing and figure some stuff out, that's that's super dope, bro. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm I want to talk about the uh, the make the make a hood great again brand. Like I feel like that's super dope. It's something we need to touch on. So for the people that ain't that ain't heard of it, like do you mind just talking about it a little bit? Yeah, you know, um, that started in twenty seventeen. Make the hood wealthy again. My bad. No, it's make the hood great again, but it's uh-huh. a different incarnation. So I got okay, okay. Make the hood healthy again. Make the hood wealthy again. Um, and then I have a, a Detroit neighborhood edition where it's make the neighborhood, make whatever neighborhood a street great again. We expanded into Miami. We was expanding in LA until the pandemic happened. Um, but it was a, um, I ain't gonna lie, I think Trump kind of inspired it with make America great again. And I think that it was weird for me because I don't know when America was ever great, <laughs> but the people who follow that message, they got an answer for that. They they have a time when it was great for them. I don't have that time. But I'm like, you know what? And we start looking back like like what has now become the hood or the inner city. It was like, it was a time when it was at one point at least solvent or at least decent or at least something that was better than what it is today. So let's make the hood right again. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, I started that online in 2017. I ended up securing a trademark for the phrase and his likeness in 2018. And it's been on ever since we got a few store placements, um, but mainly we doing everything online. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's grown to, you know, the, some real big heights this year because it's a it's an election year. And then we living in a pandemic and people are really looking at, you know, when they go outside on their porch, like, damn, we really is living in the jungle and we got to make it something better. So That's it's really cool. been hitting this. It's been hitting this year versus you know um, other years where it was a steady growth. It's always been growth, but now it's it's really took on new heights this year. Mm, that's that's heavy, bro. And what you said about what you said is is really true. Like if anyone do their research, or they could go to like the the forties, the fifties, even some parts of the sixties, the hood, what, what was considered the hood. A lot of it was black owned. There was a lot of black owned businesses, a lot of things going on where we was flourishing pretty much on our own for real. And then somewhere between that shit changed and it was a huge pivot. It ain't really been the same since for real. So that that's real just for the people who might hear that and might not understand exactly what that means. So I just, that's why I wanted to touch on that real quick. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can, and the numbers is there. The stats yep. are there like home ownership. A, a million times higher in yesteryear yep. than today. Small business presence and ownership, 
a million times higher, more vibrant yesteryear than today. Um, I, I always go back to the uh, movie Life when um, they went to that cafe, Eddie Murphy and uh, Mark Lawrence, <laughs> they went in that cafe yeah. and uh, they was asking for white only pies. And he yeah. was like, nah, y'all, y'all only eat nigga pie. It's like when we all had the, the, the it was the law for us to eat nigga pie, I think stuff was a little better off when it comes to, at, at the minimum, the political, the economic kind of yeah. structure. And then in many ways, the social structure. But once we integrated and things like that, stuff just kind of got a little wacky. Not, you know, I mean, we still should be striving for equality, but we got to get back to that nigga pot type village mindset and take our communities back and, and, and you know, make it make it great. You know what I'm saying? Because at one point, you know, I think, well, I don't think we knew what we had, but now mm-hmm. we see what we had and we can, we can get mm-hmm. that back. Now, now we see the value, value in it. Like, uh, mm-hmm. do you... Do you uh invest in Detroit? Definitely, yeah. Um, I don't, I don't have nothing uh, as far as real estate outside of Detroit. I've, really? I've, yeah. Um, I so, um, I can't, I can't think, I can't even think of time I even pursued nothing outside of Detroit. So let me stop that phrase. Yeah, everything that I pursued has been in the city. Mm, and why is that? Because you know, a lot of times, because I invest in Detroit as well, and a lot of times you hear, you hear people uh talk badly on Detroit as far as investing because you know so what, what, why is that for you on your case well it's my ground you know what I'm saying I'm here so um I see a difference I see a different side of the treasure than other people do you know I don't look at it um from a speculative sense like an outside investor might look at it so um because I'm here every day I think I can work the land a lot better I can till it a lot better than maybe an outsider so, and then it goes back to make the hood great again. Just you know, you know, really build up where you from and build up where you you know put where your feet step on every day. Build that up, you know. So, and that's not to say that I wouldn't expand in the other cities. It's like let me get home together first, and let me get it popping here, and then go other places. It's a social agenda behind it. You know, it's smart to invest in other cities and states if that's what you do. You know, but I know that I'm having to look at the social end, I got to invest home and build home up first. And then if another opportunity comes, but as long as it's, you know, some stuff is set at home, then I can take that other opportunity right now. I'm still doing a lot of ground up building at home. So that I can't really do stuff outside the state or the city. Makes sense. And you've been, you've been buying what you said a decade, right? Uh, last three years for sure. Um, I've been in the stock game for a decade. Oh, you've been in the stock game for a decade. Yeah. yeah, man. You, you, uh, like I said, salute to you, man, because you're doing it on on all levels of entrepreneurship for real. That's the true definition of a serial entrepreneur. Because you have your own auto service as well. Yeah. So yeah. So 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 I know when people hear this, they're gonna be like, "What the hell?" Like he doing, he doing yeah. everything. So you mind just talking about the the uh, auto service? Yeah. Um. So I've been in cars about a decade as well. Um. I mean, let me. I can timeline everything to try to make it all make sense. Um, I was, uh, I was in the streets a little bit when I was younger, but I was, I wasn't even an adult yet. So, um, but I was making little pieces, taking my proceeds and getting into legitimate business. I always, you know, I had the advantage of being around legitimate businessmen or business women, um, who always showed me a different way. And I use, you know, whatever I was doing outside of that. It's just like startup cash to do things. So 
when I was in high school, I was selling clothes on eBay. You know, before eBay was eBay, before it was cool, like it wasn't even a big site like that. And I was selling like Cartier's and, and uh, <laughs> Jordan's, and Air Force Ones and stuff in high school. Um, then when I got to college, I started selling cars. So that's when I got introduced to the car game in college. I got I went I went to college from 07 to 2012. So I got introduced to the car business. Then I started selling cars. Um, I ended up with a car lot, like right after college. Um, and then that just transitioned into getting into automotive repair. So uh, that's kind of the timeline of, you know, how I got into the car game. Um, the car business, as far as a retail sales standpoint, that's a season-only business. Like, at the tax season, you ain't making no bread like today. So, um, knowing how important, again, the social fabric of a vehicle, like, this is how you get your kids to school. This is how you get food. This is how you get to work. A car is important, especially in a motor city. You know what I'm saying? That's an important thing. So, having a, a auto shop stationed in the hood for the hood is really important to me. So I didn't just I just didn't want to sell cars no more though. I wanted to make sure that we, you know, relearn the value of having what you got. Like, you know, if you got a car so what is ten years old, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, fix that motherfucker and make sure it's gonna get you where you need to go. You know what I'm saying? Like why spend all that extra bread and getting a new car that you really can't afford anyway. Just fix what you got, make sure that that's good and that'll get you where you need to go. And then eventually, once you get it right, you can get another car. So it's more than just a car shop. You know, so we really educate people on the value of having a vehicle versus leasing a vehicle versus having this type of car versus that type of car for the person. We really take, take an investment into the person and what their situation is so that, you know, they not, you know, spending too much money on something they don't need to spend money on. So it's a social agenda behind that too. All the employees there, um, won't say that they wouldn't be able to get a job no else, but they got criminal records. So that would make it a little bit more difficult for them to get work somewhere else. And they're skilled tradesmen. So that's even worse. You know, I got, I'm good with my hands and I'm licensed, but I may not be able to get a job because of my past. You know, no, we're going to bring them here. You know what I'm saying? We're going to make them kings with us. So mm. um, it's a social agenda behind it, like from where we are as far as proximity to who we hire, to what we strive to do. Like, you know, it's really a, it's really a, a business. And it's doing good because it's for a profit. You know what I'm saying? We're making money. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's despite of the pandemic. Like, we're doing, we doing pretty good this year. You know what I'm saying? And, and what's so dope about that is, like you just said, man, in, in the case where people might have to, they might struggle to get jobs elsewhere because they have a record and stuff, you in a position where you could put them in place. And that's why I always talk about how we, at this point, we can really do it for self, but there's no excuses. And a lot of times people don't understand when I say that, but you're a prime example of that. Like, we're in a position where some of us are making enough money, making enough moves, and we could, you could build collectively. And that's just my viewpoint on it, I believe. And, yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's, it's hard, right. you know, so don't get me wrong. You know, like, it's never going to be a walk in the park dealing with anybody. But that goes back to me and your point, where it's like, you know, what's your excuse? You know what I'm saying? Like, if I hire a next con with a record, he may not never steal or do nothing wrong. I could hire a person with no checker pass. He do all of the above. You know what I'm saying? So you're going to take the risk regardless. But we need to be intentional behind helping our own who made a mistake, paid their debt to society, 
and they need it. They need work too. You know what I'm saying? So um, I'm going to be the person to take that risk in that regard. Can't say that I would take that in all aspects of any business I'm doing, but at least in this one is in a more controlled environment and we can give them a chance to, you know, to, and this, I call it the fishbowl. I want to see how you handle other people. You know what I'm saying? If you did five, six years, you're not the same as me in the social sense. I mean, you can't have the same conversation with a person the same. You're going to have it a little bit different because you've been locked up for some years. So let me throw you in the fishbowl a little bit so that you can be a better person outside of this shop. You know what I'm saying? So when you at the gas station, you get into an altercation, you know how to get out of it versus, you know, just doing something to get you locked back up or getting worse. You know what I'm saying? So, Again, it's the social fabric is there too. Like we really trying to make kings and queens in our neighborhood of what we doing. That's that's major, man. And let me ask you this though, because I know people they always ask me, they always ask me this. They say when you when you got a lot going on, especially as an entrepreneur, it could be hard to to uh to do all those things. So how do you everything you got on going on, how do you time do your time management, multitasking? Like is it is it difficult for you? Because I know that, that that can help a lot of people when they figure out different ways on how to maneuver, do several different things at the same time. Uh, it definitely is it's difficult, not easy. And then it um, your requirement changes as you pick something else up. You know what I'm saying? Like before we started buying real estate, you know, we was just running businesses. So it, that's a different type of beast. But now we buy businesses and buildings and all that other stuff too. So now the requirement is different. Like I'm real big on blocking my time out throughout the day. I'm real big on scheduling my week out. I'm also real big on, like, self-care as well. Now, something that I really wasn't before, you know what I'm saying? Like, I make sure that I get plenty of sleep. Um, I make sure that I'm, you know, exercising to a degree. Uh, you know, just making sure that my mind is as healthy as it could be to actually block out. Because you can block your time out and just don't do the shit at all. You know what I'm saying? You can schedule to do something and just don't do it. Like you just, you want, you, you, it got to start with your temple. You know what I'm saying? Like get, get your body to a certain level and then, you know, planning and scheduling and, you know, honoring obligations would be that much easier. And you got the engine to do it. You know what I'm saying? Cause if you're doing a lot, that's tiring and taxing on your body. So get your body right. And, you know, and having people around you too, that's better than you in some degree, you know, like, I'm a good planner, not the best executor in some ways, but I got great executioners on my squad that, you know, they're going to get some shit done, even if I can't get it done. You know, and I'm a different, I can I can bring an idea down to earth, you know what I'm saying? You might be shooting to the stars, and it's like, no, nah, we need to tailor this a little bit. So having people around you that complement what you ain't good at, it helps with everything, you know what I'm saying? So uh, it's a combination of things. There ain't no one right answer on how to do all this shit at one time, but it's definitely doable when you got just a little bit of, of everything. Mm, that's right. And you, you, know, you, you, you kind of uh, spoke on how you uh, bond businesses as well, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the, yep. what's the, what's the, when you buying a business, what's, what you looking for? Like what's the, what's that starting point on buying a business? It's a little different when when you if you in the hood, right? Because again, most of all of my work and efforts is in the inner city. You buying them from the the systematic racist system that we've been talking about all year with 
um, the protests and things like that. So you talking about buying back the block, just got to know off top, you probably going to pay more than what it's worth. You might get a deal. 3K <laughs> Auto Services was a deal, you know what I'm saying? But you look at as far as the, the, the check box, the boxes to check off, um, the, you looking at the area, location, number one, you know what I'm saying? That definitely matters. And, that you know, that's with real estate in general. Um, you need to see a, 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 a maybe a five-year. I will go – I can go three years. Let me see what you did business-wise in three years. You know what I'm saying? Like, did you did you see some growth in the revenues, um, expenses? What would they – you know, you can see a flunky business that can be flipped around by looking at their numbers. You know what I'm saying? Like, income statements really show a lot, you know what I'm saying, like from expenses. Uh, it's, you know what I'm saying? You might have just been reckless with your spending. It wasn't that you didn't make money. You just spent all this shit because you was just being reckless. Or you might have been expanding or whatever. People going to lie once you get, the ta- get at the table. So I don't really pay attention to a lot of shit that people say. The numbers is going to reveal it. So, like in the case of 3K Auto Services, when we went there, it was it was an existing shop already, and the, the person that was selling it was um, uh, saying he was trying to get out the game and all that other stuff. So, um, we looked at the equipment, kind of got an eyeball guessing into what that was worth, but we really looked at the area and just kind of got an idea of is it enough cars over here? What type of cars? Like you really got to go subtle. We was looking at the car that drive up the street, like, okay, and that car probably going to get, if it came here, $50 worth of work, $100 worth of work, you know, like, and then you get to assess if it's worth it or not, you know what I'm saying? That that price tag was 125 That was for the building and the business. So you got to do all those little subtle things, like getting into the food. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but they're trying to get, you know, your audience to think real, um, outside the box, when we going into the food business, we walk and we look in the trash cans of that neighborhood. What are y'all eating over here? Because if y'all not eating, y'all eating McDonald's every day, we don't need the grocery store over here because you ain't going to buy shit from us. You know <laughs> like, we going through the garbage cans and, you mm. know, those little things. Like, because I'm going to knock on the door and I'm going to ask you, you know, do you eat groceries? And everybody going to say, yeah. But what do your trash can look like? And I know you ain't eating groceries. I know you eat, you know, fast food every day. So is it better for us to be here or should we be somewhere else? Like, it's really, you got to go that deep into it. And I think that's kind of where me and my squad, we've been kind of going crazy because we really, we go deeper into all of that. We look into all of that, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you know what? we might not need to be over here. We might not do this or that. In the case of the auto shop, that was in the, it's in the residential neighborhood by itself next to homes and all of that. You know, auto businesses, usually they station on a big street. We in a residential street next to homes, the whole nine. That's a million dollar corner. I don't care what he's selling it for. We going to make our money because we right there where people live at. So, Again, that's you. That's the way that you got to think. You got to really yeah. think outside of the box on how you finna make that money. He said that he made uh, two hundred grand a year in that spot. I'm like, no, nah, we can do more than that. And that's probably the biggest benchmark is: do you think you can do better than what was there? And mm. we know we can, and we have already. So 
Um, it's just a, it's a lot of stuff. It's no again, no one real answer. Every case is different. Um, but you got to really look at the subtle things when you're going into buying a business or a building or both. Look at the subtle things. If you're getting into the food business, go in them garbage cans. If you're in the auto business, look at the cars that's driving up and down the street and seeing like, oh, yeah, this car is old as hell. We ain't going to make no money working on cars like that. But you see a mixture of, you know, new and old cars, you know, you can make some bread out there. So you got to know your more. You got to know your market and you got to know your business to, to buy a business. You got to know that industry. Mm, you 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 dropping some jewels, bro. So let me, let me ask you this though. So since you you said how most of your workings and businesses is within the inner city, so I want to ask you like, what problems have you come across? Because oftentimes when I talk to different entrepreneurs, they say when they when it comes to inner city, the problem is is really is really a, a mentality problem, a mindset problem. So they might be dealing with different problems with their business. So I want to ask you that question: Has there been anything that you've been coming across? Why are you doing these business in the inner city that at, where it's been problems? Absolutely. Um, the car business traditionally, or not traditionally, but for the longest time, has been the Chaldean business. So, you know, people just trust them to work on their car and not get jerked. Anybody else outside of them, they, you know, you get the, the second, third degree, or you get all types of speculation on, are they even going to do my job right? So we have went above and beyond putting on a show more than actually working on cars. Like that's most of our job right now is putting on the show and not now. But when we first got in that area, you know, we had to really show that we was the shit, that we the best. You know what I'm saying? That was always the question. How do I know y'all ain't going to do? Because we better than them. That, you know, give us a chance and we'll show you. So, you know, it just came down to actually showing and proving most of those businesses. And again, being a, being that this is a social thing, the businesses that we have been pursuing are businesses that don't require that huge social media push and stuff like that. Like car business, a car business, that's just mm-hmm. word of mouth and that's just how it's spread. Grocery stores don't require that either. So we've been in those businesses because the word gonna spread like a virus, no pun intended. It's gonna spread that way, word of mouth, and it's gonna spread slowly through the area. And We've just made sure that we have combated the traditional stereotype of, you know, black businesses are more inferior to other ethnicities, et cetera, with, you know, buying mass customer service, but just a real life experience. Like, you know, Chaldeans ain't telling you to keep your car versus buying a new one or being honest with you. They just want their money. We giving you the real, like, you know what, you know, you got a good car, you might want to keep it or. You know, you got other problems going down the line. You might want to look at this and whatever the case may be. Even with financing, you know, every shop in the city um, have some type of finance element, you know, through a third party, you know, finance company. I actually give people like a, a unofficial credit counseling course right before they do it. This will let them know, like, look, I don't know what your business is, but, you know, if you got this going on at home personally, you might want not, might not want to do this. Or if you got some shit you can afford to do it, you know, you need your car, you might want to take a chance and do this. You know what I'm saying? So I, again, go above and beyond to make sure that people really understand, you know, if they have an option with us versus in other places, they feel like they ain't got no choice and they just kind of sandwiched into a real pickle. Now we take that away from them and show them that we care. Mm, yeah, that's definitely showing that you care because, like you said, most car places you go to, 
they don't give a damn. Like it's about that. It's about that paper at the end of the day. Oh, I'm trying to make this sales. So I get some money. I don't care about your situation. I don't care on whether you could afford it or not. You know what I'm saying? Just yeah. when we when we close the deal, that's it. That's your problem now. So yeah. for y'all to real, be- yeah. And, and to, to to further kind of answer your question, we don't run into problems in the inner city in that sense. We run into an access problem, like actually getting the opportunity to buy some shit or actually getting the opportunity to start something. That's what a real issue, especially in Detroit, you know, most of the inner city land is owned by Chaldeans and Arabs. And they ain't selling stuff like that. You know, they may have a for sale sign on the building. They only doing that to fill you out or feel what's out there. They ain't really trying to sell that shit. We went we don't went to plenty of buildings and tried to buy and they all of a sudden don't be it's not for sale no more. They just want to see what's available. So when you get an opportunity to actually buy something, no, you probably paying overpriced for it. But once you get that opportunity, you just got to see it all the way through. You know what I mean? And But that's why I've been doing equity crowdfunding for like the grocery store, just in general, to show people the process. You know what I'm saying? Like it's way more than, oh yeah, you know, you put in and you get some money back. Like, no, nah, I really want y'all to see the process to let y'all know this shit is hard. And it's much bigger than just buying a building because you buying a building for people who have really held it back from you for maybe 30, 40, 50 years. So to get it back, that's a win in itself. To get that building back, had the opportunity to get it back and you was a part of it. Now let's get money. You know what we doing, but we got to get it first. <laughs> what if we can't get it? So let's get it. And then let's get money. And now you see the process and you see the headache and, you know, you appreciate people like me so much more. Like we go through a lot just to, just to secure a building, just to get a home from a lot of these places. Like, you know, yeah, we scour the, the auctions and stuff to get property, but try to buy an existing business from a person that's trying to pass that down to their kids. We break in nepotism. And that shit ain't, and that shit ain't nothing that, that's nothing to play with. That ain't so once you with. start playing with that, you know, that's a win in itself. Like we got a, we got a hundred thousand dollar building from a person who, and he beat up cause he wanted to give it to his kids and they don't want right. it. You know what I mean? So just really look at the magnitude of the plays and you will really appreciate and respect these processes much more better because we have really been behind 30, 40, 50 years as a community. And now we can catch up in 2020 with the technology and resources that's available. And mainly if we just work together, we can get it. We can take this whole country. Easily too. And it, like you said, just, just, just working together. And something that you said, I was laughing at, cause I'm like, yeah, that's definitely facts regarding it in Detroit. Cause I remember, I think this was last year. I was at a uh, little liquor store in Detroit and I was talking, I met this Arab, the guy that owned it. And I was talking to him, he was talking about selling or something. And I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like, let me buy it from you. I'll give you 40000 He's like, you're 40000 for this liquor store? I'm like, yeah. He, look at, he was looking at his dad like, I'm like, you going to do it? What's up? And he was like, ah, oh, no, 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 I'm joking. I'm not going to sell it. I'm like, mm-hmm. he saw <laughs> you looked at, he looked at your skin color and was like, no, I'm good. Now, if his <laughs> nephew, now, if his nephew came in there and said, oh, yeah, I'll give you 10 he had a ticket. Mm. He going to overcharge you and mm. he ain't going to sell it to you. We tried to buy lick we tried to buy a grocery store um in the city in twenty seventeen. The guy sent out fillers and the whole night and he gave us the most unreasonable terms on all aspects of the situation. 
Um, I'm not, I'm, let, me, let me let me stand back. I'm I, we wasn't buying this building; we was leasing it. But everything that he wanted to do, it just didn't make sense for us to do. But guess what? We said yeah anyway. And eventually, he just burnt the building down. The whole he just instead of he would rather burn the building down, get insurance money, than give a, a black man opportunity. He to burnt the something. building. Burnt the building. He burnt the whole building. They made the news and all of that. He burnt the building down. Yeah, wow. He that boy down. 20,000 square foot grocery store that he closed. He closed. They closed the building. They shut the business down and opened up a dispensary. So he was going to break the building up into threes. But then they had an ordinance in the city where you couldn't open dispensaries for a minute. So his plan just shut down. But he took food out of the community. You know what I'm saying? When he closed that store. store. You no, know, that was a neighborhood store that fed everybody. He closed it to open the dispensary and other stuff, like a liquor store or whatever. But them plans didn't quite happen. So when I came along at least the building, you know, I wanted to do stuff by the book because I know, like, once we take over, the city going to come. They're going to want to expect everything properly, whatever. So I'm trying to do everything by the book. I had the investors. We had the whole nine. And he's just like, nah, you know what, I'm done. And he just burnt the building down. Like, the next week, he ended up burnt down miraculously. Like, come on, now. You know, we know what happened there. You know what I'm saying? So That's crazy. That's that's, but that's the shit you go through. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the Like you said, that's the shit you go through. That's one thing, one thing when dealing with business is always, you, you can't predict anything for real. Like, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Anything is... Anything is possible to happen. The un- even the unknowns that shit you probably couldn't even fathom, it's possible. Even though, it, mm-hmm. it, even if it might not happen, it's possible to happen. Anything, anything can happen in business. So, but that's a crazy ass story, bro. Like for real, that's wild. Yeah, yeah. I upped it on Twitter when it happened. When the when the building, uh, you know, hit fire. Um, because at that point I felt like all confidentiality was broken. At that point, so I upped the the lease agreements and all that stuff, you know, I'm real good with that. Cause again, it's school, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want people to just be uh, playing in the dark or supporting me and my efforts. And they don't really be knowing the, the backstory or the, the behind right. the scenes, a lot of stuff. So I, I, I let it be known, you know what I'm saying? I take the legal consequences of it. They was going to come, but I mean, what legal consequences don't come when you burnt your own shit down. So right. I just went on ahead and just up the stuff. Like, look, we had a, we had a full, our agreement to take this store over and this is what they do. You know what I mean? So yeah, this was, yeah, I hope I that in 2017 or when maybe 2018, maybe later after I sat on the information for a minute, but yeah, that's, that was, that's a real like thing that happened. Hmm. Hey, did you, uh, did you go to college, bro? I went to, yep. I went to city college here, Mary Grove college. It's no longer a college. Um, but I went, I went to um, college. I got a, a BA in business administration. Hmm. Um, I did. I went to graduate school for I want to say about two or three semesters as well. But by that time, I was in my career, so it just didn't really make sense. But I did go to college. I do got a degree. Okay. The reason I asked because like you're doing all these things. You're you got a, you uh on the grocery store, on the car service, uh, buying real estate, got other companies. So it's like that's why I asked you about school. I'm like, so, so you just doing all this on, on this level? I was wondering, did you go to school? I'm like, and if, if not. That's crazy. That just shows you how, because a lot of times, man, I'll be talking to so many people, bro, and they be like, they be going to school, and they be going to school for like, I don't want to say silly degrees and nothing, but you know what I'm saying? You get where I'm going, where they be like, bro, yeah. you don't need to, you don't, you don't need to go to school for what you're trying to do, bro. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? You could just go right into that field and just start, yeah. you know what I'm saying, getting to it, hustling. 
Yeah, that's what I felt about business school. Like, I really didn't need to go to business school. I really wish I would have majored in something else, like one of them stupid things you were talking about. Like, but again, like I love history, you yeah. know. But I think that it put in perspective college. I think that um, it's been a right of our parents, you right. know, our grandparents. They fought for that right for us to go to college for a very yeah. long time. Get yeah. that, and I totally agree. But I do think that in my case, like biz, like. I was teaching my class in school when I was an undergrad. Like, my teacher and one of my favorite teachers in school was my business teacher. And he was to tell me all the time, like, man, if I was you, I wouldn't even be here right now. Like, <laughs> like you, he like, you, because, you know, I was I was hustling then. And he like, he like, you different. Like, he used to literally sit down and I would teach the class. I would teach intro to business. And he would he would just be like, Man, I don't even know why you're here right now. Like, I, I don't want—I don't want to lose you as a student, right? But it's you—you you got something special, and like he—he was—he was like the first gas I ever got. Like, he was really gassing me up, like to just keep doing shit, and he would give me extra attention too. Like, he would be giving me a lot of um, dropping a lot of gems on me that he wouldn't drop. He was kind of like Jesus, you know how Jesus he spoke in parables to the public. Mm-hmm. Right. But to the disciples, he gave them the real, like, that's how he was with me. Where it was like, he, he kept it straight book with the class, but I would always meet him probably, like, um, 30 minutes after the class, because the motherfucker was never on time. He was always late. But I would always stay after and talk to him, and he would just be like, man, you need to look at this program. You need to look at that. You in the car. Like, it's like he would go home and research shit and bring it to me. Like, you in the car business? All right. Uh, look into that, look into this and do this and that. So, um, dope, but I do think that I could have understudied in business and majored in something else and probably picked up a skill or just strengthened one of my, my curiosities or something like history or a language or something like that. I ain't doing none of that. That's my one regret of college, but I, that was a great experience. I think that, um, most of us need some type of exposure to college, even if it's community college, even if it's a semester or two, like pick up a new hole, you know what I'm saying? And learn something that you might not have learned on the street. You can learn a lot on the street, but um, it's some things you definitely can learn in a classroom. So taking a class or two to sharpen your sword, I think is is really key for somebody that's really trying to kill it. Hey, hey that's, that's facts, bro. Cause like I'm a college student right now and like, uh, it's some things like that I learned is good. Like when people ask people, cause people ask me this, they be like, is you learning stuff? I'm like, be honest. I'll say it like this. I wouldn't say technically I'm learning new stuff. It's like, I'm learning the technical terms for stuff that I already be doing. I'd be like, dang, I ain't know it was like a term for that. You know what I'm saying? So you'd be learning like different technical, I can't even say the word technical things like that. So that's the, the one thing about school. What's dope about that with you, your experience is do seeing something in you that he wanted to mold. And that's important, mm-hmm. especially when you got when you're dealing with uh younger people or whatever that you see, you know, says so to put that in them. Cause like you said, he, you could have he could have it could have been a, a teacher or a professor where he's seen that and just not care to mold it. And you could have been like, Man, F this class, I don't be showing up like that. Next thing you know, you're on a whole different path or on some bullshit. Who knows? So yeah. to, so for dude to be doing that, that's salute to him for real. Yeah, yeah. And you you got a uh, book publishing company as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I wrote three books, and um, yeah, man. See, I'm an author as well. So I forgot to put that in the bio when I sent it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, 
Yeah, man, I, I'm an author, man. I uh, self-published three books. Um, the, my second and third books, Amazon bestsellers. Um, but when I, so after college, I started my first clothing line. It was called Hustle Mania Clothing. And um, it was re- it was pro wrestling inspired, but it was for, you know, for our community or whatever. And um, I uh, I wanted that. I wanted my book to be the mixtape to Hustle Mania. So my first book was entitled How to Hustle. And it was a, a business guy, but it was, you know, from the perspective of like a street hustler. And I was just removed from that life. So I wrote like a business manual of like to, from startup to expansion or whatever. And it was the mixtape to Hustle Mania. Um, real critically acclaimed locally, you know what I'm saying? Like it didn't sell a bunch of copies. Um versus my second and third books but it really put me on the map like you know what i'm saying it was like it's hands down the raw shit i ever wrote you know what i'm saying because it really like i said i was really explaining business through street shit and um it really took a it took a liking to a lot of people and it made me it gave me the motivation i'm gonna do another one and um when my when my you know i was I was about to have my first child, well, my only child. I was about to have my daughter. Um, 444 was released, uh, Jay-Z album. Had already been kind of writing about wealth and, uh, you know, financial investments and budgeting like that because that wasn't – I didn't cover that in my first book. But I wanted – it was all by intention. Like, I wanted to write a, a next level to how to hustle. Like, how to make money was my first book. How to keep money is my second book. So then I started, you know, explaining my my adventures in stock investing. I had just started getting into real estate at the time, bonds, precious metals. I did all that shit at that point. So now it's time to kind of put it in the book and explain it. So that was my second book entitled Wealth. And um, that's still my, you know, highest selling book right now. It's, it's still got legs to this day. And it still sell a lot on that. My shit still go crazy to this day. And um, my third book was entitled Make the Hood Great Again. Um, it's a community development manual, a merger of the two previous books, but now talking about community development strategies. And, you know, this is how you make money. Once you made it, this is how you keep it. Now that you kept it, how do you make investments in your community? How do you better the community? not just from a financial standpoint, but from a political standpoint, social standpoint, educational standpoint, et cetera. Um, now, that was my first number one debut on Amazon was Make the Hood Great Again. But since then, I re-released Wealth, and then that was a number one. So, um, yeah, I'm three, technically kind of four books in the game. And, you know, books is the new rap music for sure. Like, people was definitely reading, and they definitely want to read something that means something. So, Anybody that's thinking about writing a book, man, do that shit. Because we're talking about on the financial end, on the front end, and the back end, you're going to get your bread, but it's going to open up a whole new world of exposure for you. Mm, that's real. And I'm, I'm I'm glad you said that because I'm actually, I'm working on two books right now. I mean, I've been working on them for a while because people have been asking me about books and shit for a minute. So I'm working on some. So salute to you, man. That's, and you, But you you talked about, you said, uh, you said one of your books was called How to Hustle, right? Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you because this is something. This is a conversation I often have, where it's people. We know people try to go into the entrepreneurial realm, and it necessarily might not work out for them for what they wanted. And 
I talk to people, I be like, some people just keep them real. I'm like, some people just got stuff that you can't teach. They just got it. They just know how to make money. You know what I'm saying? Some people just know how to make money. Well, well any situation you put them in, they'll make it work. Even if it's not on a massive scale, they're going to make it work mm-hmm. where it's going to do well. Where some people necessarily just ain't got that, you know what I'm saying? Just ain't got this, that skill yet. But for the people who might feel like they don't got that skill, what would your advice be to them on, like, how to hustle better? Uh, they, they don't, you know, I wrote in my, I wrote in that book that there's an innate, exactly what you just described, that you have some teachable, learnable traits of a business person or hustler, and then you just got innate shit that you just can't teach. Um, if you a scary person, hustling probably just ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, if, if every little thing trigger you and your heart get to beating fast and you want to run, this shit ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I came from a world of, you know, you could have died, kind of got shot, could have got stabbed, you could have got to a physical altercation. Um, that's light years lighter than getting into real business and dealing with paper gangsters and dealing with all this other stuff. So if you ain't got a stomach for any type of fear or, and I hate roller coasters, but I can do this shit every day. You know, if you ain't got the stomach for this shit, then it's just really not for you. But as far as like teachable skills, you can you can teach a, a sore sharpening fearlessness if you already have a fearlessness bone in your body. Like you can you can refine that and be even better. You know what I'm saying? Because you can you know channel your aggression a different way to get stuff done and things. There's ways to be taught sales and marketing and all that other shit, but you got to already be a, nat- a natural seller to actually sell something. I could teach you marketing, but you have to have a mind for what people want to see and what, how people want to perceive a product or a service or a person. So everything that's teachable kind of got this innate. You got to already had a sauce already. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, what Jay-Z said, I forgive you, I forgive you, but hustling just ain't true. That applies to that applies to a lot of people. And I think in this generation, you know, we push, we shove down everybody's throat, entrepreneurship. And the reality of it is, if everybody was an entrepreneur, who going to work? Exactly. You need workers. You need, you need employees. You need people to work. Um, so I think that's a, a toxic message in that sense. I think everybody should own something, but everybody shouldn't run something. You mm. know what I'm saying? So lead a run into the men, you know, let, lead, let everybody own some shit but lead a real management to the boys that know how to do it. You know yep. what I'm saying? So, and, and it's a come to Jesus moment for some folks. Some people just need to give it up. Just being honest, like, <laughs> I, ain't sound, I ain't trying to sound like that, but. No, you keeping the G, bro. Yeah, like some, like I said, let's look, what's your stress test, man? Are you scary? Because if you scary, leave this shit alone. Leave it if alone. you know that you a forgetful person and you ain't got no, no type of real time management or in many cases you seeing, a lot of men, and I'm just using another example, like a lot of these men, they use the social media status to prey on women or some shit like that. Like, yep. them niggas got to get the fuck up out of here for sure. But, you know, you, I think if we study women, we will see the, real, the perfect embodiment of somebody who may have some of the skills, but not all of them, but learn them. Now, these women is fucking hustling. Beast. Like, hey, I was just talking these about fucking, man. These like, fucking women going crazy. Going crazy. I, bro, I was literally just talking about this yesterday. I'm like, to be honest, me right now, we're, we're, we're dealing with my team, I'd rather have a woman than a guy, bro. 
nine times out of ten. Because women be getting to it, bro. They, like they get into it, and they don't know shit when they start. They right. don't be knowing this shit. Like, you know, I think, you know, for, I think because women have fought for equal rights in the workforce for so long, a lot of them just didn't think about being entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. It took them to get into the corporate world and get their heart broken, or, or they just never got in the corporate world and had to just hustle. These motherfuckers is learning this shit at a way that I've never seen a never man seen. like. Like yeah. they just got a whole nother like gear and learning that shit and like the dedication that I remember seeing with myself of just sleepless nights of you know snapping shirts or you know going to the auction and you know a midnight auction. I ain't really getting no sleep. I'm literally seeing the single parent mothers or um, a woman that's in college or a person that really should, a young girl who shouldn't even have all these responsibilities juggling that shit. And right. I really commend them. And I think that like what you saying is real. Like I'd rather have a team of women and a bunch of dudes that, you know, just feel entitled or, you know, doing it for the wrong reasons. Like these women, they, 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 they tired of being broke. Yep. They tired of, they tired of they tired struggling with the, they tired depending they, on people. They they tired of depending on people. They tired of struggling with them with them kids and they ain't getting no help. They like, man, I'm finna do this shit. Yep. And then it should just be so gravy. So man, they if you wanna study, if anybody wanted to study uh a person, like I wouldn't even tell them to study me, man. Study one of these these women that's killing it out here because they story much more sexier than mine. Like I, <laughs> I had a lot of lucky breaks just to be up front, like. I had a lot of lucky breaks, and I think I'm just one of them people who kind of got it. But mm-hmm. a lot of these women didn't have it when they started, and they beast right now. Yeah, so hey, that's that's all facts right there. I, I see, I see it a whole lot. Like nowadays, I see it. It's, it seems like it's more women than men killing it for real. Like every time I look, it's somebody mm-hmm. taking off. And it, I think, like what you just spoke on, it's a level. Like it's a level of fearlessness you must have to be in business anyway. Like if you're mm-hmm. one of those people, like you need to think for a month, two months, three months, four months before you bust a move, it probably ain't for you. You know what I'm saying? You think you, you, you know what I'm saying? You need to, once you come up with something, not not saying you need to act immediately, but what stopped me, what, what stops you from acting immediately most of the time is the fear. It's the, the thought of thinking about, okay, what other people gonna think of this, this or that? Is it gonna work? Is it gonna fail? And if you got that mentality, it's probably not for you. So off top, what I see with women is a lot of times they don't be having no fear. It's just be like, hey, we going, we going in, we going. If it don't work, it don't work. And then on the second, the second part of that, a lot to do with business is psychology on the psychological level. So if you man, I, I talk about that all the time. Yeah. So if you understand people, if you understand people, and you fearless. You can win. Now I'm not saying business, it's guaranteed you're gonna win. Yeah, business is about people. If you are, and that's something like I want to say, like you could go to school for that, but I think a lot of that is like innate, especially when you grow up around people, especially if you grow up in inner city areas and stuff like that. Like me, I always like I ain't bragging about it, but I always have like a good knack, a good understanding of people just because I observe people and I know what people want deep down and stuff like that. And that's something that you can't it's going to be hard to teach that. You just got to know from being around the people because a lot of people honestly just don't pay attention to shit like that. Yeah, we know how to get out of the Calamine shoe. Mm-hmm. I always, I, I, use that, I, I think it's a harsh kind of example, but I kind of use that like 
when you was in school, you talked to the guy that nobody talked to. Yep. You know yep. what I'm saying? Like, when you were <laughs> like, so let's say that, that that situation is happening, he might just let you go. You know what I'm saying? Or when you when you become our age or you're an adult and you're actually working and functioning, that's usually the guy right now. You know what I'm saying? And that's the guy that can help you in the sense of just customer to merchant. You got to understand people because yep. you, you know, how do customer service get executed if you don't know people? How do you make a person feel good to come back if you don't understand people? How do you diffuse an issue? If you don't understand people, how do you sell to a person? If you don't understand people, you got to understand people first, you know, money don't print on, on trees like that. You know what I'm saying? You got to actually chop that tree down and cut that paper and make it. And, and part of that is understanding people. What color do they want that paper? Mm. You know, what texture of it? You know what I'm saying? Like you got to know what people want, but you got to know people in their ways and they stuff like, a, a customer in the inner city or a customer in a poor zip code may not be the same as a customer in a more affluent zip code. You got to know your people. You got to know what they want, how they want it, when they want it. Some people more patient than others. Some people like a different color than others. I remember um, reading about Henry Ford and that was one of his um, shortcomings if he ever had any because he was a different beast in himself. But you know, his phrase was always, my customers can get any color they want as long as it's black. He would not make another color car. It wasn't until his competitors started taking market share because their cars wasn't as superior mechanically as a Ford, or it didn't, may not look as good, but it was red. And I'm tired of buying a black Ford. So I'm going to go over here and get a red car. I'm going to go over there and get a white one. Then he changed up. So he just didn't understand that people wanted a different color car. That's all they wanted was a different color. They gonna buy the same car. It's on a different color. You know what I'm saying? Like, so when you don't understand people, it, it really takes a, a huge effect on things. Like, I think that you know we might get so big in the in the in, the, in our chair that we think that we people just gonna take whatever we give them. And 2020 definitely showing that that ain't the case. Ain't the case. You don't understand people, you ain't gonna make it. None, none of this shit. Yeah, that's right. So people just yeah, that's what that's what you got. Because a lot of times people might have a big brand, a lot of following, and they think, oh, if I put this out there, people follow me. My followers, they fuck with me. They gonna buy. They gonna buy. But like you just said, that don't mean followers don't don't equal don't equal dollars like that. Like you know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, <laughs> you will miss a shot or two. You know what I'm saying? If you yeah. fail in that regard, as far as you know communicating or just setting the right trap. Like a lot of times we just ain't setting the right trap or your pricing point ain't right. Your material ain't right. Something just off. You got to be able to catch it quickly. And, and you know, who's just, and you can't come out of the gate perfect. So you're going to come out the gate and miss in some regard, but you got to have a, the intuition or the, 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 um, the know-how to fix it relatively quickly. Because if you can't, you ain't going to make it at all. And you definitely can't just assume that it's because you threw out the ball it's going to go in the hoop. Because, you know, like like Mr. Ford did when he said, I, I don't care what they want, they're going to get black. I'm giving them a black car and fuck that. No, nah, that ain't how it works, playboy. We want, we want something else. We want a white car. We want a blue car. We want whatever. So, it, you know, you that's, that's the fundamental requirement in entrepreneurship anything is is you got to understand people in their ways mm. and they show the best way that people show what they own is how they spend their money that's just a universal 
That's the universal denominator in humanity. We show what we want, how we want it, where we want it, on how we spend our bread. Mm, I hope y'all listen to that. That's game right there for real. That's 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 heavy. And you like you gotta you gotta be listening to your to your uh audience. That's another thing. You gotta keep your ear to the ground and not never get too damn big headed where you think, Oh, I know what's going on. Ain't no you you ain't even paying attention to them no more. That's thing you know you then lost a percentage of your audience because you ain't in tune with them. So you gotta tap in just to to make sure y'all still on that same wavelength. Y'all on the same page for real. So yeah. Yep, yep, that's a big because we hear the you know what I'm saying because concepts is here today and they gone by tonight. Facts. So you know if you still thinking about what happened yesterday, you you behind already in that regard. Like having a good mm-hmm. team, you know, especially you know people that's seasoned or grandfathered in the culture, like Jay Z or like a Diddy or something. I'm still pretty sure that he's a good maestro. They they're good um, leaders of the orchestra, but. They got people that's really in the streets that can say, like, nah, we don't need to go in that direction. We need to mm-hmm. do this, whatever case may be. And they got aces in their places. So, um, because, and I think that's just the best battle of, like, I, you can see, like, a Sean Combs or somebody who's been a millionaire a hundred thousand times over for, what, 20 plus years? Yep. You can see how you get a big head on that. You know what I mean? Like, I can't miss. Like, nothing I'm doing is missing, but you got to have somebody over there saying, nah, bro, this going to be a miss if you if you go about it this way. Because he's older. He's day 50. Yep. So, you know, they still marketing the 25 to 34-year-old demo. You know, they not in that demo no more. So how do they connect? They connect with having aces in their places and people that understand people of the time. But you see it when people fail miserably of people just not understanding people of the time. Mm-hmm. So... You just got to be there. We in the still sweet spot. We still relatively young, but we kind of old enough to know better, um, whatever. So we in a real unique space. But once we hit that, you know, certain age threshold, we're going to be out of tap. <laughs> and we're going to have to have people that's going to be there that can make sure that we still good because we ain't going to be the cool kids no more. You know what I'm saying? We're going to be, you know, the old man. And I don't want to listen to you. So, you know, you got to stay fresh in that regard, but you got to understand people for sure. Yeah, and it, that's that's facts, man. Because the young, the young, uh, young people always gonna be the ones that got the energy and they got the audience for real. They always gonna be in control of culture for real, no matter no matter what. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that's facts. What you just said, and something else that you said, that I think is a an interesting topic that people don't really talk about is like when you winning, you can lose touch with things because you think everything you touch is you know what I'm saying gold. So you could kind of. You could that that could get turned into arrogance real quick, and that's thing you know, you falling off your mark, and you wondering why. Like, damn, no, I was that dude. I was just she, she was she was on point. I don't know what's going on out here, and that be mm-hmm. that be why a lot of times you you yeah, out of reality. Yeah, it's the American way, though. We build we build people up just to tear them down. Tear them down. So a lot of times it's internal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah, we we have people who just want yes men. But then you have people who just become yes men to, you know, I always say, like, we, we push people up the ladder. And then once they start falling off, it's like Sonic when he hit that spike and the coins fly everywhere. <laughs> and you falling down that ladder, everybody grabbing the coins. They grabbing the coins. So that's it's, it's kind of just the nature of America and the nature of the beast, like, Yep. You know, you got to have people around you that you really, you know, one, understand their place. Yep. You want to be an ace in that place and understand that, you know, if, you the, if you're the one, 
we need to make sure that the one stay there and make sure that he's in the best position possible because he or she is making everything possible for us. So I'm going to play my role until it's my time. You know, everybody should get their time to shine. You know what I mean? Yep. But I'm going to have to play my role as a supporting cast member right now until my time come. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, when you see it come so fast, a lot of times you just get jealous and be like, no, nah, I need mine right now. So um, a lot of that shit is, is self-inflicted. As a person, you should just know better not to get so big-headed right. that you lose sight of the fact that you could lose. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it, and it could be bad if you lose. Like, I, you know, I've been broken before. I don't want to be broke again, so yeah, I'm never, yeah. yeah. So I'm never gonna have this mindset that money ain't never gonna stop coming this way. Like mm-hmm. it could stop tomorrow, bro. Like it could definitely stop. It could stop tomorrow, and mm-hmm. having people around you to reinforce that we need to continue to grow and evolve, and and while still defending our foundation is key as well. Mm, that's that's real, bro. Like it could all go away. That's why. Like, you can never rest on your laurels. That's why I always say, like, I got a saying I always say. I say, what I made yesterday, I don't got shit to do today. So I don't care if you, I, I didn't have a 20K day, 25K day. Tomorrow, I still got to get up and keep it pushing. Because, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, anything anything can happen. Just because you won previously don't mean tomorrow's win is guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that, that, that's, that's major. I want people to definitely understand that. That's why. That's just, but that's just. At the end of the day, it all comes down to it's all comes down to like knowing how to hustle or be a businessman if you don't like the word hustle. You know what I'm saying? Knowing how to do business and do good business at that. You know, most of that shit transition with the time. It don't matter if we in a, a, the skinny jeans era or the baggy Jabal right. era. Just doing good business is just paramount. It don't really matter. Like being the man of your word, you know what I'm saying? Being reliable. You know what I mean? Being being able to 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 stand out and shine in tough situations, that's just that's just a human thing, regardless of the time or the era. So yeah, just doing good business really was that. We in a real weird time now where, you know, um our culture is like glorifying fucking people over. Which is yep. weird. It's real weird. it's real weird right now, but you know, the real ones understand, like, no, you can't fuck. You can't run off on the plug. It's the run off on the plug mentality, bro. You can't run off <laughs> on the plug ever. And the real under, and the real understand that. Even the people who promote it understand that. Yeah, too. they understand so, it, too. You it's know, I it, it's just, yeah, it's an entertainment thing to me. But, you know, um, just being 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 a person of morals and principles, you know, it don't matter the time. That's going to always make you win. Mm, that's real, bro. We do got to, we definitely got that run off on the pub mentality for entertainment. So people that's listening, don't get that confused. That ain't real life. That shit get you fucked up. Excuse my language. <laughs> just being, no, just I mean, being yeah, I don't I don't I don't know a person that has actually been successful in running off on no plug. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I've never seen it. I've seen people be real successful taking a blessing and understanding it. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like, you know, you if you get blessed, you don't ever disrespect that blessing ever. Never. You know what I'm saying? Never. Now, people take advantage of it. It's always short-term and it's artificial. Just know that that boy got a ticket on his head for sure. And it's and he, somebody going to get their receipt eventually. It may not be today or tomorrow, but it's going to be when you least need it. And it's going to be real loud when it comes. So mm-hmm. do right by people and do right by the game because you ain't bigger than the game and you ain't never going to be bigger than the game. Just do right by the situation and you're going to always be smooth. Man, bro, you speak. Hey, you preaching some real shit. You ain't you ain't gonna never be bigger the game, and you gotta respect the game. 
You mm-hmm. can't never think you're going to make shortcuts and cheat it and get the same results that you really want. You know what I'm saying? You mm-hmm. can't never you can't you can't never do that, bro. Like I like I always do sports analogies. Like you you look at people like Kobe, Jordan, Floyd, Mayweather, they'll tell you the same thing. You think they you think they got to their level trying to cheat the game, disrespect the game, say, no, nah, I ain't gonna work out this week because I'm tired, but I'll get back to it next week. If that was the case, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be Floyd Mayweather. They wouldn't be Kobe Bryant. It just would have been another average boxer, another average NBA player. So you gotta mm-hmm. respect the game. And be willing to put those hours in and make some sacrifices so you can spend some more time with it so you can nurture it. You can, it's, like, yeah. it's like a child for real. You got to nurture that relationship with whatever, with whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And uh, like, uh, before I let you go, was there anything else that you want to touch on? Uh, Not really, man. I think we went in today. Yeah. We, <laughs> we, went, we went, you know, so we went crazy today. I just think that, you know, um, one thing that I've been promoting all 2020, really 2019 as well, is just add more heart to your to your hustle. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, having having more heart is just really gonna make everything better. You know what I'm saying? Like your understanding of people is better, your understanding of the business industry will be better. Um, your insight on how to, to maneuver because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, man. I don't think no. none of us woke up and expected to be in a pandemic right now. Nobody. So the, the, the businesses that shown no heart for 20, 30 years, they catching it up the ass right now. Whereas, you know, you can just turn a corner tomorrow and be saved. Just always have it. Just always have heart in some way, shape, or form in your game because you just don't know what's going to happen. You don't know when you're going to need to be saved. But you can do a whole lot of saving while you are on top. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So while you have this this authority or this power of a risk taker and opportunity creator for people and yourself, man, do it with love. Don't do it, you know what I'm saying, with some type of evil interior motive. Do it with heart. Do it knowing that you're helping everybody else. Most hustlers know, like, you get paid last in this shit. You know what I'm saying? So just do right, man. Pay your, pay your invoices. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Pay old counts payables. Pay your people right. You know what I'm saying? You got to feed the beast properly, and that beast ain't never going to attack you. But if you cheat in the game and you cheat meals on that dog, you know that dog going to bite your ass eventually. So um, just add some heart to this shit, and um, you will make it through anything. Like, you will make it through a pandemic, or you will make it through a depression or a recession or whatever when you got some heart into it. You know what I'm saying? That's a real powerful organ. But, you know, it got a, a sense of a brain of his own that leads you in the right situation, so. Mm, that's game right there. I hope, that, I hope that don't go over people's heads. And, yeah, man, just before I let you go, I want to say I definitely appreciate you taking the time to come on, man. You got a lot going on. I know you're busy, so I definitely appreciate you. Real talk. And before I let you go, do you mind plugging in all your stuff where people can find you, follow you, purchase your books, everything, bro? Yeah, man. So I got links to all of my bios on social media. Um, I'm mainly on Instagram and Twitter. Um, that's Pharaoh, F-A-I-R-O underscore R-A-F-A. Um, you can find me on them. I'm real active in the DMs and messages and stuff. So, you know, people hit me with questions and shit all the time. I'm always going to be there to answer them, regardless of how many followers and shit I pick up. Like, I'm I'm a man of the people in that regard. So hit me up there. Um, like I said, all of my links to, you know, anything that I'm doing, everything that I'm doing is in my bios there. Um, Neighborhood Grocery is a local equity crowdfunding initiative. 
So U of R, Michigan resident, you can invest in the grocery store that's being um, put together right now. Um, that website is neighborhoodslashgrocery.com. All of the information that you will need to make a sound investment is there. Got an offering memorandum. Again, this is school for a lot of folks that don't understand what investments look like. I'm walking you through the whole process, offering memorandum, a subscription agreement, um, looking at SEC filings, the whole nine. Uh, you can find that on that website there. Uh, make the Hood Great Again, the apparel line. It's makethehoodgreatagain.shop. Uh, we got we got hats, we got shirts, we got hoodies, we got lawn signs, we got lapel pins, uh, we got books. Um, it's all about making the neighborhood and the community that you live in better, and it's giving you that uh, statement piece. You know what I'm saying to do that. Um, and I think that's pretty much all. My books are on Amazon. You know what I'm saying How to Hustle came out 2016, so that's how the number two hustle, uh, wealth, just the word wealth. And they make the hood great again. You can find them on there as well. And um, man, just catch me in these streets, man. Let's be great. Definitely, bro. And that, that, that's a perfect ending. So for y'all listening, definitely follow him. Tap in all he's doing. And that's all I got for you. Appreciate you for tapping in again, bro. I'm gonna definitely be keeping in touch with you, bro. All right, man. Let's tap in and let's let's let's, ta- let's change some worlds, man. Let's get it, bro. Let's get it. Yep. I'm with it. And for all y'all listeners, appreciate y'all listening to another episode of Millionaire Mindsets Podcast. And to wrapping up, you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Xavier C. Miller. You can also follow the podcast at M Mindsets Pod. And you can also follow Deanna. She missed today's episode at Deanna Kent on Instagram and Twitter. That's all we have for y'all. Appreciate y'all listening to another episode. Peace. Up Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouches. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need an accountant. I study millionaires cause I was born a visionary. Still believe in limitations, why you acting scary? You can't distract me from the paper, I've been chasing greatness. I'm stacking now and balling later, in the conversation. We strategizing, monetizing, piling up investments. And sacrificing temporary sh- for bigger blessings. Yeah, a tapped in boss mind state. I multiply my grind rate and I match the way I vibrate. Gotta get your brain right if you're trying to make a million dollars. If you ain't gonna do it for yourself, then do it for your mama. Only stay surrounded by them people if you know they solid. Elevate your hustle up today to double up your profit. Trying to learn some game, Xavier gonna talk about it. No Deanna, speak that shit that everybody vouching. Ain't no more excuses valid. Get up off the couch and get up in your bag. To your bank account, need that. And the counter.